0: My name is Janae Bradford and I am a graduate assistant here at the Reynolds Center for Business Journalism. The Valley was booked and busy for the Waste Management Phoenix Open and Super Bowl 57 in the same weekend. Thousands were in town for all the hype, but sometimes there's some downfalls with the amount of activity surrounding the events. That's what led me to the tax girl. Kelly Phillips Herb is the senior editor at Forbes and co-founder of the Herb law firm PC. Forbes published one of her stories during that weekend called The Super Bowl Doesn't Always Produce Supersized Revenues for Local Taxpayers. During our conversation, she broke down how money works surrounding hosting one of the biggest sporting events of the year.
1: So on its face, you might assume that I wanted to cover the story because it's the Eagles. And uh, the Eagles, my, my Philadelphia Eagles were in the Super Bowl. Um, but I've actually been covering these these kind of events for a while um, because I'm really fascinated in the idea of um, building infrastructure and who pays for it and who gets what out of it and how much do taxpayers contribute and how do private part uh, public partnerships work. Um, and it's something that's fascinated me for a while. I think the first story that I really wrote on it where people cared about it, like cared enough to start writing in, some of them not so happily, um, was when Minnesota was seeking funding for its stadium. Um, And there was a lot of talk about who was gonna pay for that. Um, And then subsequently, um, a lot of the World Cup bids, the Olympics, those kinds of events um, I've been following because they raise similar questions. You know, who pays for it? Where does the money go? Um, Does it do any good?
0: The 2022 World Cup was unique with how much money, time, and labor Qatar put in to make it happen. The FIFA bid packet contains the financial requirements for hosting, and it's very similar to what the NFL Super Bowl packet looks like. For every journalist, controversy should spark curiosity, considering how Qatar was even chosen to host the game. This led Phillips Herb to compare tax systems for international sports federations and the NFL.
1: But they asked for similar things. They they say to the um the bid cities, the host cities, um, we would like for you not to charge tax on certain items, whether it's tickets to events, merchandise, food, whatever is in their their bid packet. Don't charge us tax. And in the case of the NFL, there's a little clause that says, you know, if if we do get charged tax, so if you can't wrangle it from your state or your city, if you, if we end up getting charged tax, you're going to offset that for us. Right. So that we don't actually have to pay tax. Um, and um, and also sometimes, uh, for example, uh, World Cup and the Olympics, they also often also get. Um, income tax exemptions, because there are certain um, taxes that might be imposed. And very famously, actually, I believe it was the games leading up to the Olympics, um, Usain Bolt said that he would not go to London to participate in the the pre-activities um, because of the tax situation in uh, Great Britain. He did not want it to impact his um, income outside of Great Britain. And they have a, a territorial tax system. It's a little different from us. We have a global tax system worldwide, but he didn't want to have to pay any more tax than he needed to and there are exemptions again typically for the olympics but not always for the events that kind of come before those
0: although these events have similar yet different rules one thing that isn't uncommon is remodeling a city or country for a football game one of those projects was the host of super bowl 57 state farm stadium in glendale arizona built in 2006 phillips herb super bowl piece in forbes quoted glendale mayor jerry wires saying the city spent 3.4 million dollars hosting the games in 2008 and earned only 1.2 million dollars in direct spending taxes this kind of financial impact will vary by city based on their tax laws and experience hosting large events and doing this is a hefty task so there
1: were seven stadiums that were built from 2006 to 2017. And um, the cost to build all seven of those was $8 billion. And by 2019, each of them had hosted at least one Super Bowl. Um, the, uh, on average, they found that locals contributed $250 million, you know, to the construction of each of those stadiums. Um, so when you think about it, it depends is is two hundred and fifty billion uh, sorry two hundred and fifty million the same impact in Phoenix as it is in New York, right? I mean, so that's where those kinds of uh, equations you have to think about. If, for example, Phoenix had yet another Super Bowl at some point, it would probably be more financially beneficial because you've already paid for the stuff, right? And you kind of got a handle on how it works. When you're doing something for the very first time, um, for example, if you say, and we'll use the World Cup as an example, because that they absolutely did this um, in the last World Cup, they will build a stadium specifically for that purpose, right? They're going to build hotels specifically for that purpose.
0: The Super Bowl is the NFL's moneymaker for a reason and always in the top Nielsen ratings for live viewership. If a team is involved in the big game, there's a cost simply from its fans gathering in massive crowds, in the streets, flipping over cars and climbing streetlights.
1: So, for example, in my piece, I also mentioned that um, when Philadelphia won the Super Bowl, they had a Super Bowl parade. The parade alone, like the preparations and that cost the city an insane amount of money. Um, it was even though we didn't host the Super Bowl, it still was over two million dollars what the city had to pay to um, to host. And when you think about that, it's the same kinds of things as you're going to see um, when hosting a Super Bowl. It is government employees that have to work overtime, including specifically police officers, first responders, sanitation workers. So folks are getting paid more money to do a bigger job, right? Because, and that might also mean hiring more people, temporary workers to help them, because you're going to have more people in the space than you would have before. Um, There's a lot of preparation work um, that has to go into it. I know you mentioned earlier that you saw some of the prep in Phoenix, but there's a lot of advertising and getting ready for things that may or may not be paid for by outside sources. They may be paid for by the city. So You know, in terms of economic impact, some of it is the deal that the city makes, right? Like if you make a better deal, maybe you don't pay as much. Um, But often with the bid books, the the chance for you to make a better deal is often limited, right? Because they're going to tell you what they want.
0: Not only will the NFL tell you what it wants, but some people might give the Super Bowl full credit for the influx of traffic in the Valley. But every situation is different depending on if the host city has enough resources and space to have a 73,000-person event. Phoenix is always a hot spot for traveling during the winter because they don't have one. So they don't have the problem of building a one-time-use infrastructure. And to be fair, thinking about what would happen if the Super Bowl never came to Glendale should be considered when analyzing finances during that time of year.
1: And it's the idea that you can look at this number in a bubble, right, and say, look at all of these dollars that came in during this specific period of time. It's all the Super Bowl. Um, but you also have to think about how people would spend their money if the Super Bowl wasn't there. Tours would still be coming. Would would there be, you know, the additional 70 or so? And you have to think about how many of those folks are actually were subsidized because they were NFL or media or whatever. So that 73 isn't um, a a total picture of paying people. Um, But if you think about, you know, would this money have been spent otherwise? Would we have still gotten these tax dollars? Most people have a finite amount of dollars that they intend to spend on entertainment um, and travel. And when they decide that they're going to do a big event, whether it's Super Bowl or World Cup or something else, they don't add to that pile. They don't say, okay, I was going to spend $1,000 this year, but now that it's the Super Bowl, I'm going to still spend the 1000 but then I'm going to go to the Super Bowl. They just swap those out. Um, and so um, a really a, a real-life example in my life is that um, my girls wanted to see Taylor Swift in concert. Those tickets were not cheap. Um, that was not something that we decided was like the bonus
0: for them, right? They swapped that out with something else that they were going to get that year. If extra spending outside of a typical household budget happens, it had to have been done by someone in a higher tax bracket who might have a connect or even access to the stadium. But that's because everything is connected. Sports, business, wealth, and power. That's what creates the demand for the Super Bowl so strong from all angles. There's this other thing where, you know,
1: People like being proud of where they live. They like showing off where they live. They want, I mean, you can see that with the Olympic opening ceremonies, for example, right? Like it's an opportunity for you to show your culture to the world. And so people, you know, that's a big deal. Like we're going to we're gonna show you uh, what our traditional dress is. We're going to talk about our heritage. We're going to talk about the things that we really love about where we are.
0: The NFL did just that, including indigenous Arizona artist La Morera's artwork on the Super Bowl tickets and murals throughout the city. She was the first Chicana to design art for the big game. Of course, the artist deserved her career milestone, but we can't forget that the NFL is a business that thrives off the anticipation leading up to game, which means more money.
1: It's a PR campaign in that regard. Like, look at all the things that we're doing that great. Exactly. And you see the same kinds of things in these cities with the Super Bowl. Um, Come look at our city, see why we're awesome. And and again, kind of the the ripple effect from that is that they, they hope you'll stay. They hope you'll come back.
0: Some people assume that when big events come in town, there's plenty of opportunities for everyone. But it's not that simple. The excuse of this idea is called a ripple effect, which is long-term financial growth because of nearby events, like the Super Bowl.
1: And um, there was a study, actually, um, one of the... um uh, previous Super Bowls in Phoenix, where they uh, estimated that this ripple effect was quite large. Um, however, there was also a councilwoman who said she never heard of a business getting started uh, in Phoenix because of, or Glendale because of the Super Bowl. Um, so, you know, there's a little bit of a, is opportunity cost is the argument. And then the ripple effect is what are all the good
0: things that happened because we did this thing? Some of the decorations in Hans Park are still up, but the massive posters downtown are disappearing daily. I'm glad to say I survived the busy sports weekend, and I learned so much about how finances contributing to the Super Bowl work now, especially since the game was just miles from my house. I wonder what it'll be like when March Madness Final Four is here next year. But until then, that concludes this one. That was Kelly phillips Herb, a Forbes tax writer and entrepreneur. To find her work, go to taxgirl.com to listen to her podcast and read her articles. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in yet again. From downtown Phoenix, I'm Janae Bradford with the Reynolds Center. This is We Mean Business, sponsored by the Reynolds Center at Arizona State University.